So this is a short, it's what we call a sermonette. And it should be about between 10 and 15 minutes. So we will see. And what we're going to talk about today, especially, is the, the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have a communion service, which traditionally Adventists have once a quarter, once every three months. Sometimes they might uh, do it more often at certain times of the year, such as Christmas, New Year. But it's not something we do very often. It's something we take seriously, and we lay a very clear focus on Jesus and His death on the cross. And of course, whenever we talk about His body and His blood, the bread and the wine, we're talking about the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the last few weeks, I've been studying a number of passages in Scripture that talk about our union with Christ. So I want to bring that in to some of the things that I'm going to say today. Of course, God's had always had a plan and a purpose. And the plan was that if the human race rebelled and sinned, which Paul says in Romans we have all done and continue to do, we're all sinners, right? It's not just the pastor, all of us. Then God has a plan, and His plan was that the Lord Jesus Christ would come and live a perfect life. That's one of the first things I want to emphasize. Yes, Jesus was born of a babe, as a babe, born in a manger. We call that the incarnation. But he lived this perfect life. He came under the law. So everything that the law demanded of the human race, Jesus Christ fulfilled. It's important to understand that. Otherwise, you might just look on Jesus as a good man. He was a good man, but there have been lots of good men and women in history, and still are in our day and age too. But they're not able to die for the sins of the human race. So Jesus lived this perfect life, met all the demands of a holy law, and truly became a representative human being. Do we know anything about a representative human being in past history, before Jesus? Yes, we do. Some of us actually talked about him in our Sabbath school time this morning. His name is Adam. He was the representative father of the human race. And so Paul builds on that idea in Romans, and he says, when Adam sinned, we Sinned. When Adam fell, we fell. He is our representative. Then he also teaches about another Adam coming. Now, usually we don't think of Jesus with the name Adam, do we? But here's another Adam coming, the last Adam coming, as the representative of the human race who is going to die. So everything that was negative and downhill from the first Adam is uphill and positive from this last Adam, that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And one of the first things that's positive, he lived a perfect life. Another thing that's positive is that Jesus sealed that perfect life on the cross. He died the death to sin. Now, did Jesus ever sin? 
Scriptures teach, no, He was this perfect one without sin, but our sins were placed upon Him. This was prophesied in Isaiah 53, for example, hundreds of years before Jesus was born. So your sins and my sins, the sins of the whole human race, were placed mysteriously somehow on the Lord Jesus Christ. And He met the wrath of God against sin on Golgotha, on the cross of Calvary. And so when this thief said to him, remember me when you come into your kingdom, Jesus didn't hesitate. He knew why he was dying. He says, you shall be with me in paradise. There should be no hesitation. There should be no uncertainty when it comes to the death of Jesus. If we have identified with Jesus, believed and trusted in Him, then the benefits of that death come to us. But Jesus did not only die. Now many men died on crosses in the first century. It was under the world, most of the world was under Roman rule. And this was a form, a very cruel form of execution. So for example, when Jerusalem fell in AD 70, people that would try and sneak out just to get some wild herbs to survive because there was tremendous starvation in the city, if they were caught by the Romans, they were crucified. Mothers, how would you feel about that? Fathers, how would you feel about that? Seeing your son hanging on a cross when you wake up in the morning. Hundreds, thousands died on crosses. So what was special about Jesus' death on the cross? And how do we know that God accepted that sacrifice on behalf of the human race? Because He rose from the dead. And very soon you'll be hearing words like Easter and an emphasis on resurrection. I hope, at least, if no one else is putting the emphasis, you put the emphasis. Because through His resurrection, we are justified before God. We're made right with God. So He rose from the dead. This was God putting His stamp of approval on the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. After He rose from the dead, eventually He ascended up into heaven. He was welcomed by the universe. He was exalted. And that's where He is today. Looking down on this service, Searching the hearts of every man and woman, every boy and girl here this morning because He wants so much for His death to be the means of you entering into His kingdom. So He's our high priest up in heaven now. But there's one more aspect that I want to throw in which fits in very well with a communion service we always speak about the death and hopefully the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ at a time like this, but we also need to speak of the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, spoken over many, many, many times in the Scriptures. Jesus promises, I will come back again. He's coming back to, to judge. Well, the judgment, in a sense, is different phases of judgment. In, in one sense, has already taken place because He has His rewards with Him. 
when He comes back. But He's judging positively for the saints. He gathers them together like the shepherd gathers his sheep, takes them away from harm and danger, and the wicked are destroyed by the brightness of His coming. So those are some of the main platforms, some of the main areas that I want us to think about when we have this communion service today. And whenever we use the text, like in Matthew 26 or 1 Corinthians, often these aspects of the life, death, resurrection, and second coming of Jesus are emphasized. Before I wrap this up, I want to take you into Romans chapter 6. And this is where the union, this is where the question is asked, well, what significance for me does the life, death, resurrection, ministry of Christ in heaven, what, what significance for me is there in those things? Paul has been accused of preaching the gospel in such a way that people say, okay, Paul, the way you preach it, we can go on sinning so that grace may increase. And Paul says, you've missed the point. You've really missed the point. And so he deals with that at the beginning of chapter 6. But notice that in verse 4, he says, we're buried with Christ in baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father. The Bible teaches that the Father raised Christ and that Christ raised Himself. We too may do what? I can't hear you, church. We too may, in this translation, may live a new life. A new life. A Christ-like life. An abundant life. If we have been united with Him, or since we have, is a better translation, since we have been united with Him like this in His death, so whether you know it or not, the Scripture teaches, for the believer, when Jesus died, you died. That's what Paul is saying here. We will certainly also be united with Him in what? In His resurrection, when Jesus rose, you rose. We know that our old self was crucified with Him so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. So whether you understand it or not, whether you've ever heard it before or not, the Scriptures teach that in some way, shape, or form, Christ's death and resurrection has freed you from the whole dominion of sin and death. And in other places, he mentions the law. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with Him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, He cannot die again. Death has no longer mastery over Him. So here's the way to think, folks. And this is maybe a new communion thought for you. Jesus' life, death, resurrection has tremendous meaning for you because your life as a believer is in Him. It is totally in Him. You see, we worry about our feelings. Some people will not come to a communion service because they feel they're so sinful. Well, forget about your feelings. At this point in time, forget about your feelings. Forget about your navel-gazing. 
Think, lay the focus on Jesus. Doesn't the Scriptures teach that in Hebrews, for example, in a number of ways? It says, looking unto Jesus, focusing on Jesus. Well, that's what we're doing now on His life, on His death, on His resurrection. And we're asking the question, what does it mean for me? Well, it guarantees. It guarantees your salvation. There's a certainty here that Paul's trying to bring out. Yes, people are very much misunderstanding. Anybody that preaches the gospel the right way is going to be misunderstood. It does sound, when we talk about just believe and just trust in Jesus, as though that's all we have to do. That's the only important thing. Well, it's the main thing. It's the most important thing. It's the thing that brings you into the, the family of God. But then you've got to live as a member of the family of God. How do you do that? That's where we struggle. And here's the way to holiness right here. We since we died with Christ, we believe that we also live with Him. We know that since Christ was raised from the dead, He cannot die again. Death has no longer mastery over Him. The death He died, He died to sin once for all, but the life He lives, He lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. So the real you is in Christ. And what is left is a mortal body that will age. As I got up off the seat this morning, I felt my knee was going to go out. What's that? Old age, lack of exercise, I don't know. But it's something that I didn't have when I was 21. So this mortal body breaks down, decays, and I have seen saints on their deathbeds who have been swearing like troopers. Are they saved? Oh, I don't know about that, Pastor. I've never heard such foul language in my life. Well, this is what happens to some people when their mental faculties start breaking down. And the body, he talks of the mortal body in these verses, starts to break down and it changes nothing as far as who you are in Christ Jesus. Why do you think Jesus in the Gospel of John John is the one who penned these things, but Jesus in his ministry talked, abide in me, I in you. In John 17, the high priestly prayer, where he says that they all may be one, Father, as we are one. There's a oneness, there's a unity. And, we, and the word we summarize that with is union. Our union is in Christ. It has nothing to do with your performance. It has nothing to do with your feelings inside and your awareness of sin within. I hope you're very aware of sin within. But I hope that you're more aware of what Christ has done for you in His life, His death, and His resurrection. Go home after this service. Study Romans 6. Try and get the main point nailed down of who you are in Christ. Because this is the way to a godly life is the way to holiness. You get that one thing right, and the behavior, the correct behavior, will follow. Over my, on my tombstone, 
when I go to England, we are going to have to get a tombstone sorted out with my mother and father and figure out what to put on that tombstone. On my tombstone, a sinner saved by grace. Nothing of our performance, only his performance is what counts. Let's pray. Gracious God, Perhaps we've looked at the Lord Jesus Christ, His life, death, resurrection, a little bit differently this morning. But I pray, Lord, that You'll help us to grasp this very important point of our union with You. And I pray that every person in this room, Lord, boy, girl, men, men, woman, each one of us will have that personal relationship with You, Lord, where we not only know that our sins are forgiven, we know we're clothed in the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you and we praise you, Lord, when we are able to do works that will glorify your name. But Lord, the focus is on you. The focus is on your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we, from the bottom of our hearts, we thank you and we praise you. And as we separate now for uh, the service of humility, the foot washing, uh, I pray, Lord, that you'll help us to enter into the spirit of that and come back rejoicing into this sanctuary with the assurance of our salvation. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen. Let us separate at this time.